It's religion today, it's ideology today, and our secularist friends also have a faith. Some kind of Disneyland fantasy. I know how this is going to get heard in the secular world. Where the pseudo-Christian masks are off. That's nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. Apologetics isn't just about giving answers to other people's questions. It's also about learning to question other people's answers or even question the question itself in a Christian worldview. Well, welcome to Quantum number 146, podcast that looks at news and culture largely from a Christian perspective, but welcomes people from every faith and from no faith. And I hope that you will find this interesting. But let's begin, I think, with what is the main news of the week and something incredibly sad. Yeah, that's the threat of escalation to almost a war between Hamas and Israel. Now, it's incredible to watch the videos of hundreds of rockets being sent onto Tel Aviv and other Jewish cities and what's called the Iron Dome, Israel's missile defense system, shooting virtually all of them down. Now, not all of them. Some have got through. Several people have been killed and dozens have been sent to hospital. However, yeah, you think about it and I I just, I think you have to feel sorrow for the Jewish people and for the Palestinian people. I think in many ways they are let down by their leaders. I do feel a little disturbed at people who only speak on behalf of one side. Like our Scottish Justice Minister, Humza Yousaf, who has tweeted several times about Palestine, but uh, said nothing, nothing about Hamas rockets. At least not that I've seen. One of those rockets, by the way, hit a house in Lod, a, a, a town in Israel. A father and his teenage daughter were killed. They were both Israeli Arabs, not Jews. It, it's such a desperately sad situation. and We do pray for the peace of Israel. Now, speaking of wars, listen to this. It doesn't sound like war, but listen to it. The shutdown caused panic buying and massive lines at the pump. WGN's Shannon Halligan is here now with the very latest. Shannon. In several southeastern states, drivers waited in long lines at the pump, hoping to fill up where they could. I have things to deliver to my customers today, and I also want to go see my grandchildren later this afternoon. It's estimated 65% of all gas stations in North Carolina are without gas Wednesday. In Virginia, South Carolina, and Georgia, nearly half of all gas stations have run out of fuel. The low supply is in part to the Colonial Pipeline shutdown. It's the primary fuel pipeline for North Carolina. The system reported a ransomware cyber attack resulting in a shutdown on May 7th. Finally, on Wednesday, Colonial Pipeline said operations have resumed in the pipeline. That is Americans queuing up this week to buy petrol on the eastern coast. To buy petrol, sorry, they call it gas. My American listeners, you are buying gas. We are not really, you're buying a liquid called petrol or diesel, and it's running out because there was a cyber attack on a pipeline run by a company called Colonial, and it could have been extremely serious. 
Now, what's that got to do with war? Well, I think future wars are going to be fought in on the cyber stuff. When you have the ability to shut down vital supply chains, it's a major factor. I mean, it's interesting that here in Australia, the government are talking about spending more hundreds of millions, if not billions, on buying new tanks. Well, what for? What are those tanks going to do? They should be spending the money, and they are spending some money, on, on cyber warfare. But also another factor is germ warfare. Now, there's a really disturbing report, and it does seem to be true, and there's a book coming out about it, that the a paper from the Chinese military, who a couple of years ago were discussing how to wage war and destroy communities or cripple countries through germ warfare, through biological warfare. And guess where the research for that was taking place? Wuhan, out of which came COVID. Now, I'm not suggesting that the COVID release was deliberate, but it does seem to be an awful coincidence that the place where biological warfare was being examined and tested on, even for defensive reasons, and both the Western countries do this as well, was also the place where COVID originated. We shall find out, but I suspect future wars are going to be cyber, are going to be germ. Okay, since we're on China, just a couple of things about China. I do this China Watch thing. Census data released on Tuesday shows that China's population growth has fallen to its slowest pace since the 1960s. Um, there's a warning that China's aging population could be the nation's biggest crisis. Um, and it looks as though, it's, I think within a couple of years, India will have overtaken China as the um, most populous nation on earth. And also there's a huge problem with Chinese men because 51.24% of the population are female and this is because of selective abortion. And that's really beginning to hit home now. One other thing about China. China has imprisoned or detained at least 630 imams and other Muslim religious figures since 2014. The Uyghur Human Rights Project found evidence that 18 clerics had died in detention. Um, detained clerics face charges including propagating extremism and inciting separatism. Again, I find it fascinating that we get Muslims like Humza Yusuf who will tweet constantly about Israel and say very, very little about China. There does seem to be a, 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 a disconnect there. We remember, of course, the church in China, which is persecuted, but it does appear that the Uyghur Muslims are facing most of it. And we, we stand up for the Muslims as well. Okay, let's continue on with this. And I tell you what, I, I do this section called Mad World. Let's instead do Mad Church. Here's a prophet called... Jeff Johnson. Everybody knows there was a red tidal wave. There was a Red Sea moment, which is a red tidal wave. And uh, quite frankly, America voted in Donald J. Trump. President Trump is president. We will be rejoicing in the streets by March, April, May, June. There's going to be an amazing turnaround. You just watch what happens. Um, and the world 
will rejoice. Not just, not just America, the world will rejoice because um, of this exposure. And, and uh, so I'm telling you, that's going to take place. That, uh, you know, I'm going down with the ship on this. The Lord showed me this. He's not a prophet. Of course, he's not a prophet. He's a false prophet. Global Fires Ministry. He was the guy who prophesied, as you heard, that Donald Trump would win a second term and so on. And he was wrong. He was entirely wrong. His Tennessee-based evangelical ministry announced that Jansen himself was going to step down as co-senior leader of the operation because his unscriptural conduct disqualified him from eldership. And he himself said he'd left his wife and family to pursue his own desires. And the ministry announces he's unrepentant and unremorseful. Global Fire Ministries is now led by his wife. I'm sorry, I'm so fed up with these kind of ministries. And I'm just not surprised when these kind of things happen. And part of all of this is the celebrity pastor culture. So there's a guy called Preachers and Sneakers, um, Ben Kirby, he, he just did a social media post about celebrity pastors' high-priced sneakers. And it's become a kind of internet sensation and global phenomenon. Um, he basically just he's put the world of celebrity pastors under a microscope. It's just got hundreds of thousands of followers. He ended up, of course, writing a book. I actually really like the guy. He, he's very much against the celeb- celebrity culture. And uh, yeah... Ben Kirby, good for you, good for what you're doing. And we really, really, really need to push back against this whole false prophets and celebrity thing. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, if you like, but also in America, we've got the world's first trans bishop. A San Francisco pastor has been elected as the first openly trans, maybe not the world's first, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the Anglicans in the States have done it as well. But this is in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. The Reverend Megan Roher is about to be inducted. Now, she tweeted this. This is unbelievable. The first Council of Nicaea's first action was to try to limit the leadership role of trans pastors and bishops. I'm glad, grateful the Lutherans of the ELCA are beginning to dismantle this and some of the other hurdles. BIPOC, I have no idea what that is, and LGBTQ pastors encounters. Well... Is there any surprise? I think the only commentary I will make on this is that the ELCA is the largest Lutheran denomination in the US, but it's lost hundreds of congregations and thousands of membership. Its membership has declined by over a million in the past few years. Isn't that, that's not a surprise, is it? And then let's come back to the UK on the mad church stuff. And Jane Ozan was on the BBC again. I want a ban on prayer that has a predetermined outcome which says you have to change and cannot be gay. She's now got, we need, she says, to ban hate prayer just as we ban hate speech and hate preaching. Hate prayer. Wow. In another interview, she said, I'm worried that the ban will only focus on people who've been coerced, who've been forced. I think the vast majority of people have been groomed, often through childhood, to believe that being gay is sinful and wrong and therefore they have to change. Now, I take this very personally for lots of reasons, not least that there are people who've accused me because I teach the Bible of abuse. And that has very, very serious consequences. Okay, enough of that. It is 
Mr. Dylan's 80th birthday, I think, this week. So why not play this song from his latest album about false prophets? Well, I'm the enemy of treason, an enemy of strife. I'm the enemy of the unlived, meaningless life. I ain't no false prophet, I just know what I know. I go where only the lonely can go I'm first among equals, second to none The last of the best, you can bury the rest Bury them naked with their silver and gold I, I think it's a great song. I think the album's a great album, by the way. Um, but I love the lines, Well, I'm the enemy of trees and enemy of strife. I'm the enemy of the unlived, meaningless life. I'm doing a series on Ecclesiastes at the moment in St. Andrew's Cathedral in Sydney. By the way, you're welcome to come. It's at 12.15 every Tuesday, and I think we're online as well. But I'm the enemy of the unlived, meaningless life. Everything's meaningless, but I'm the enemy of that. I ain't no false prophet. I just know what I know. I go where only the lonely can go. Great stuff. Happy 80th birthday, Mr. Dylan. I searched the world over for the Holy Grail. I sing songs of love. I sing songs of betrayal. Don't care what I drink. I don't care what I eat. I climbed a mountain of swords on my bare feet. You don't know me, darling. You never would. Yeah. All right, we've done the Mad Church. Let's do the Mad World. Radio Four, last Friday morning. I I seriously heard this discussion on trees having human rights. 14 minutes to nine. Trees are social beings. They are linked. So claims Professor Suzanne Simard, who is a professor in the Faculty of Forestry at the University of British Columbia. Her new book, Finding the Mother Tree. I suppose the word social would suggest to people a kind of conscious ability to communicate. Is that what you're suggesting? Um, I don't know if they're conscious, you know, in the in the words that humans use for each other, you know, we we think of ourselves as conscious because we have brains and we you know we have conscious thought um but certainly uh trees are perceptive they're in the moment they react uh immediately to their surroundings whether that's consciousness or not i'm not sure um but certainly they are very perceptive do they have rights i think that you know rights are something that humans think about, right? That we have rights. I would say that trees have rights too, that they should have, uh, you know, they ha- they're of equal importance or even maybe even more so than human beings. And um, we haven't ascribed them rights, um, but we, we, I think that we should because our lives depend on, on them. There is a, a strong- I thought rivers having rights was bad enough, but trees, oh, who expresses them? 
And remember we said this, uh, polyamory in Cambridge City Council in Massachusetts. I'm sorry, for any of my American listeners, it just appears your country's going crazy. Uh, that's the second city in Massachusetts who have now changed the legal definition of family to recognise what they call polyamorous relationships between three or more people. They call it a domestic partnership ordinance. Incredible. But, you know, I, I, we can't just look over at America in Scotland as well, and we'll come to something in Australia in a minute. In Edinburgh Uni, lecturers at Edinburgh Uni have been handled a list of micro-insults, including, all women hate their periods, and I wanted to be a boy when I was a girl, under new transgender-friendly guidance. And they've been handed a list of micro-insults and micro-aggressions. Um, just... Unbelievable. They've been told not to focus on anatomical sex markers, most usually sexual organs. They've been asked to put their preferred pronouns in emails and encouraged to wear rainbow lanyards on site to show they are allies of the trans community. They should avoid using labels such as man or woman or make any suggestion that someone can only be one or the other. Um, there's a whole list of guidance on the university's website. Yeah. That's my university, once proud University of Edinburgh. And then, okay, let's go back to the States. Let's go to the CIA. At 17, I had no idea what life would bring, but Sora's sentiment articulated so beautifully how I felt as a daughter of immigrants then and now. Nothing about me was or is tragic. I am perfectly made. I can wax eloquent on complex legal issues in English while also belting Guayaquil de mis amores in Spanish. I can change a diaper with one hand and console a crying toddler with the other. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. I am a walking I am perfectly made. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking. Oh, you're dead right it is. That's why you're on that video. Because you check a lot of the boxes. I am unapologetically me. Know your worth. Command your space. It's so, dare I say it, woke. But it's so kind of bleh, hallmark woke. Um, there was another one I saw of a gay man doing the same thing. Now, the CIA, I, I mean, I'll bet you the Russians and the Chinese are just laughing all the way to the bank with this one. Incredible. We're diverse. NBC has announced it will not air the 2022 Golden Globe Awards, saying that the organization behind it needs more time to work on its promised reforms. Yeah, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association came under fire this year over reports that the organization has no black voting members and existing members accepted lavish gifts from film and television studios. NBC News senior media... Honestly, Dylan I just don't care. The, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, they're destroying themselves. All right, let's come to Australia. Look, Australia can be mad too. The University of Melbourne has a lecture, a water resources specialist called Anna Kosovac. And she's written something called Boys and Their Toys, How Overt Masculinity Dominates Australia's Relationship with Water. Um, <laughs> just, it's just brilliant. It's toxic masculinity um, has... Uh, we think of water in this way. Water is to be controlled and repurposed and rerouted as needed. And we need to reassess that because that's the max masculine way. Um, we need more 
women in the area of water supply, sewerage, and drainage services. Um, but a more diverse workforce does not automatically lead to a diversity of thinking. A masculine culture prevails, exerting control over water, like building an extensive sewer network and water supply system. This is what she says. That may have been needed when Australia was modernising, but now we have to take a more humble approach. Sewers? Water supply? These are masculine? <sighs> a lot could be said. I won't say it. I tell you what, let's let's come on to something. Let's come to the Middle East and a much more positive story. King Solomon. Now, I read in the Bible, in the book of Ecclesiastes, about King Solomon, which is cast your bread on the waters, about King Solomon having a fleet of ships which he sent off, and three years later they would come back laden with goods. And for a while... There's a lot written about Solomon. Archaeologists and so on have said, well, did Solomon even exist? But a man called Dr. Sean Kingsley has done a lot of archaeological research in a very different way. He's focused on finding evidence of the Mediterranean Empire that the Bible says Solomon built his alliance with the Phoenician king Hiram. And he spent 30 years exploring over 350 shipwrecks, going to Spain, Israel and elsewhere. He's discovered a Phoenician coast in the western Mediterranean, including Rio Tinto in Spain, where old maps reveal the existence of a site described as Solomon Hill or Solomon Castle. And according to one 16th century account, gold and silver were mined at this site on Solomon's behalf. Um, he argues that there's an isotope analysis that reveals that the silver hoards discovered in the Holy Land were of Spanish origin and that there's pottery discovered in the Spanish city of Huliva, which shows a connection to the land of Israel and Phoenicia. I think that's just an astonishing story and a wonderful story. So we've had these things, the things that are going on in the world, Israel and the, Pal the, the Jews and the Palestinians, please pray about that. COVID, of course, we haven't mentioned all that going on. What's going on in America and Europe and South America and China and threats of war and plagues and everything else. But I want to finish with just a lovely piece of music from 20 Schemes. Now, listen first of all to this quote at the beginning of the music. Accompanied Andrew Bonner in one of his rounds through some of the most miserable habitations I ever beheld. Such scenes I never before dreamed of. Ah, why am I such a stranger to the poor in my native town? I've passed their doors thousands of times. I've admired the huge black piles of buildings with their lofty chimneys breaking the sun's rays. Why have I never ventured within? How dwelleth the love of God in me? That is Robert Murray McShane. And for those of you who don't know McShane, I did write a history of him called Awakening. But McShane was an upper-middle-class Edinburgh lawyer who went to work with the poor in Dundee. He, he suffered ill health, he died young, but he had a remarkable and astonishing ministry. But when he was a student in Edinburgh as a teenager, he, he said this, Why are the poor in my own town a stranger to me? How can the love of God dwell in me? I challenge you to think about that. 
Those of us who are Christians, is it the case that the poor in our own towns are strangers to us? How then can the love of God dwell in us? And this beautiful hymn, Jehovah said, can you, uh, God our righteousness, I once was a stranger to grace and to God, I knew not my danger and felt not my load, though friends spoke in rapture of Christ on the tree, Jehovah said, can you, was nothing to me. Just, it's a beautiful, beautiful hymn. This is a beautiful, beautiful version from 20 Schemes who work in the schemes, in the housing schemes, Scotland, England, America, elsewhere. Um, wonderful work that they do. Pray for them, for Mes McConnell. My, the reason I, I got this song was I was listening to my son who worked in a 20 Schemes church preaching and, and they played this song at the end. And I was deeply moved both by his preaching, which I'll put a link to, and by this song. And I hope it moves and blesses you as well. The answer to poverty, the answer to racism, the answer to war, it's found in Christ. We've got it. We've got it. This is the gold. Please do continue to send in your news and views and comments and everything else. Please, if you can, support the podcast. Uh, I'll be putting out a message to uh, supporters this weekend. So please, if you do, sign up to that and you'll, and you'll get that. And hopefully you'll have a great week and we shall see you next week. Pray for peace. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah, it my savior must be
fact that every sin I have ever done, Jesus took the penalty. Katie, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Saviour? And do you promise to obey him as your Master and Lord? Katie, impression of repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptize in the name of the Father.